Welcome to another edition of ABA Weekly with your host, Brandon Ryan. Welcome back, ABA fans, to another episode of ABA Weekly. I am your host, Brandon Ryan, alongside producer Maggie J. Hey, hey, Brandon. I think we got a good show for everyone, Maggie. What do you think? I think we try for a good show every time. Well, ABA fans, get ready to meet the next Muggsy Bogues at 5-5. Do Quaylen Bagsby, a.k.a. DQ, might just be the shortest player rostered on an ABA team, but that hasn't stopped him from quickly becoming one of the most exciting and talked about players in the Pacific Division. He plays for Ivan Davis's California Golden Tigers, and we were lucky enough to be joined by both of them earlier this week. But before we get to that, on the last episode of ABA Weekly, we were joined by Al Smith of the Orange County Nova Stars, and he had some bold words for the reigning back-to-back-to-back-to-back champion Jacksonville Giants. (laughs) Now, for those of you that don't know, the Jacksonville Giants are kind of like the Cobra Kai of the ABA. When they step onto a court, everyone stops to look. And that's generally what happens when you dominate something, anything, the way they've done. You start to analyze every little thing they do from the moment you can see them, the way they walk onto the court and the way they compose themselves, the way everyone's head is held high, the confidence they have and how it's somehow felt by everyone radiating off their skin. And when you stop your pregame workouts to watch their pregame workouts, you pretty much already lost. And I've seen that with my own eyes. They win a lot of games before the ball is even tipped off. So let's be clear. That's the team that Al Smith and the Nova Stars called out on the latest podcast. In case you're wondering, hmm, I wonder if the Giants heard that. Well, they did. You called down the thunder. Well, now you've got it. And in just a few moments, we're going to be joined by the head coach of those Jacksonville Giants, Mr. Jerry Williams himself. I'd like to do another tweet of the week, but that's exactly the problem, Maggie. The tweets have been weak. So for the second month, yeah, they really have. So for the second month in a row, I'm going to pass on that and uh, just kind of move it along. Uh, Hint, hint, everybody. Tweet something interesting, please. Now, um, big announcement. We do have a YouTube channel now, and it's most appropriately it's called aba weekly with brandon ryan big surprise there we would love it if you checked it out and please subscribe so that you can get updates on when we actually do release new videos in fact some new ones are in production as we speak so uh do us a favor hey do yourself a favor and subscribe to our youtube channel and uh hey before we get to our interview with jerry williams i'd just like to say we will have some details about the upcoming tournament that's uh, happening in November. So stay tuned for that as well. So if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. But before we get to that, hey, let's pause for just a moment while we hear from our awesome sponsor, Mr. King Ammon Poor. My name is Melody and I was in a motorcycle accident. I had a man who was on a cell phone take me out at a stoplight at 40 miles an hour I instantly called a well-advertised law firm and in nine weeks, I could not get them to call me back. I was stressed over my medical bills. I didn't know what was gonna happen as far as my recovery. My son told me about King Almond Poor and I instantly called them. And within 24 hours, they got me into physical therapy. They got me a appointment with one of the lead neurosurgeons in San Diego. 
it completely changed my life, completely helped with my healing because I had no more stress. I highly recommend King Almond Poor to anybody who is in any type of motorcycle accident. They completely took care of me and it made such a difference being with a law firm that I wasn't just a number, but I was somebody who they cared about. All right, guys, I am joined now by Coach Jerry Williams of the back-to-back-to-back-to-back Jacksonville Giants. First of all, Jerry, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, man, for having me so much. What is this, like the fifth or sixth time I've had you on the podcast? It's always a pleasure. Before we get into that, how are you doing out there in Jacksonville? I mean, I'm maintaining, man. You know, just got my toes to the ground, trying to make sure everything is still handled the safe way and, you know, just waiting like everybody else is for us to get the okay to start back playing, just really anxious and, you know, ready to tip this thing back off as soon as possible. I assume you, you heard the, uh, the audio clip of the comments that were made on the last episode. And for those of you that haven't, uh, Maggie J is going to drop that right now so we can all listen to that real quick. I'm looking forward to this season. Uh, I feel we've got the team that's going to compete with any team that's in the ABA, no matter where they are, no matter who they are, including the Giants. Realistically, Ooh. I'm still not impressed with what I've seen. The Giants have never matched up against the Nova Stars. Whoa. And personally, I don't think they can beat us. Wow. So I, I want to see them. I, I really want to see them bad. So, uh, Coach Jerry Williams, your response, sir. You know, Al is a guy that, you know, he's very motivated. Um, he believes in what he's doing from what I hear. I don't personally know him. But, you know, he's shooting shots that every team in the ABA wants to do. You know, they want to go for the best, so they're going to call out our name as if it's going to make a difference for their team to be better. You know, that's not how it works. Just because you say the Jacksonville Giants just doesn't make you automatically a great team. Like, you have to put in the work to – step up to the challenge and they play in a, a great great division like there's a lot of good teams out there and I know firsthand because we went out there last year um on a two-week six-game road trip which we mm -hmm. won all six by the way um hint hint to Al but um you know we went out there and won those games but it's some tough teams in that league that he's gonna have to jump over before he could just say that he's gonna beat the Jacksonville Giants like you know, you have the San Diego Kings, who's a very, very good team. You have the Guardians. Um, you have, let's see, Chico Supercats. And lo and behold, you have the San Francisco City Cats sitting right at the top of that. And for you to say that you want to jump over them to play the Jacksonville Giants, that's a big hurdle because they are hands down one of the top teams out there in that division and you know, it, it would be a dog fight to beat those guys. So if you really saying that you want to play the Jacksonville Giants, beat the City Cats, beat the Guardians, beat beat San Diego Kings. Like, you know, beat the people that's in your division first before you try to jump to us because I understand that he knows that we came out last year, came out there last year. We beat those teams. It wasn't easy at all, but we, we actually beat those teams. So um, if he wants to um, play against the Jacksonville Giants, he's going to have to take care of his own home first. You just can't come play against us and just, just because you say our name on the radio. You know, it's kind of like a, a LeVar Ball saying he could beat Michael Jordan. It's just laughable. Did you he know, say that? He could say it. Did he yeah, say that? LeVar Ball, LeVar Ball said he could beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. -on -one. Like, it's, it's hmm. funny, you know, on first take, you know, on, you know, ESPN. <laughs> it's funny. It's great. It's great radio and TV, but at the end of the day, we all know what would happen in that situation. Michael, it wouldn't be a game. But well, that's, the type, that's how I look at Al saying that about us. You know, yeah. he's just clout chasing. You know, how he's, you know, he's kind of like these, what these kids do on the Internet now, they troll. 
what is what they call it, trolling? Like that's trolling. What he's, doing. he's calling out the yeah, he's calling out the giant just to get a reaction. He's trolling. So that's how I look at it. Yeah. And to be fair, the the whole Ball family, they do have a uh, proclivity to uh, get their name out there and to stir up whatever they can. Al Smith, on the other hand, that's a that's a guy I have a lot of respect for. I really like Al Smith, but I believe him when he say that they're ready for a challenge like the Jacksonville Giants. Now, to be fair, uh, I really wasn't around much last year, but by all accounts, the uh, the Nova Stars were looking like the hottest team out there in the West. And maybe I'm just drinking the Kool Aid, but this is a matchup I would love to see. But you've got a point, and I think you make a great point coach that they do have to get over those hurdles and you know obviously COVID wasn't their fault and it wasn't their fault that they weren't able to get through the playoffs and to get past those teams to get over those hurdles like you said the City Cats the Kings it looked like you know for all it's worth it looked like they were right there and uh, a, a very big possibility of running into them in last year's finals but I guess it'll just have to wait till 2021. Yeah, you know, once everything gets back to normal, you know, I, I would definitely love, you know, for us to come out there or all those teams take a trip down here to Florida to play us and things of that nature once everything gets back to normal. You know, Al is supposed to have all the utmost confidence in his team. Like, he wouldn't be a great owner, coach, whatever, you know, if he didn't. He's supposed to have the utmost. But like I said, I've been in this league for so long, and I've heard from so many coaches, so many players, so many owners, what they want to do to the Jacksonville Giants. And, you know, I, we faced some of those teams, the Chicago Fury, the DMV, um, DMV they, they beat us, Chicago beat us, Orlando beat us. You know, those guys, they, mm-hmm. they didn't talk basketball. They played it. I remember that Orlando you know, game. They played, they, yeah, they played the game, and they showed mm-hmm. up and they beat it. You know, it was a great game, but they ended up winning the game because mm-hmm. they don't talk basketball. They, they, they actually showed up and did it. You see yeah. what I'm saying? But, so, even, uh, but even, yeah. still, even still, it was still shocking. You know, even though they showed up yeah. and they played and they and they actually took you guys out, I want to say it was like two points. Um, it was real close, but it's still even. It's still shocking. It's always shocking when somebody beats the Giants. Yeah, but um, but you have to give credit where credit is due. Just like last year with the um, Chicago Fury, like you know, it was a dog fight, but they ended up winning the game. I can't take anything from what they did. They won that game. You know, um, and it wasn't a lot of talking. It wasn't a lot of hoop run between the players, the coaches, and the teams. Like we have the utmost respect for each other. They ended up winning. We shook their hand and we moved on, you know. Um, but then they ended up losing the very next night <laughs> to a team that wasn't, you know, they was okay, but they ended up mm-hmm. losing to a team the very next night. Um, but that's another story for another day. Yeah, but, that's because um, they were, they were so <laughs> high from the – they were too high from the win the previous night against the Giants. They, they forgot they had a yeah. game the next night. That's what happened. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, like I said, I, you know, I don't know Al like that, but from things I hear about him, he's a good guy. And you know, Definitely. one day I hope that we do. I hope that we do play them, um, just to get it on the record. But like I said, for me, he has to go through the City Cats. Like he has to go through the San Diego t- uh, Guardians and the San Diego Kings. Like to me, because you know we played those guys. I know how hard they play. I know how mm-hmm. hard they fight. They go go tooth and nail from the tip to the end. And if he could get through those guys, then you know I. Right. You know, then okay, sure. well, maybe we could do something. You know, because that's that's not a that's not an easy trip. Like when he on one coast, I'm on the one coast. So mm-hmm. it's not like going across the street playing the right. you know South Florida Gold for us. Right. So you know, um, he has to earn his stripes. That's all I'm saying. Earn your stripes, man. Get in line. It's a long, long line. You got to get in line. In order to get the head of that line, you got to beat the city cats. It is that's a long a line. Team. It is a long line. Hey, uh, you were speaking earlier to um, you know to the experience that you've had in this league and coaching in this league and playing teams like DMV and Chicago. 
you know, Richmond, you know, there's a lot of really good teams on, on the East Coast. Uh, how do you compare the teams that you saw last year on the West Coast to them? This, this, this is going to be tough to answer because if, if I had to put a pot of 10 guys or 10 teams in a pot, San Francisco would definitely be one of those teams, but also Mobile would be one of those teams. That's from, you know, down here in our region. South Florida Gold would be one of those teams. DMV would be one of those teams. Richmond Elite would be one of those teams. And by, um, by Mobile, do you mean Port City? Yeah, Port City. I'm sorry. Port City yeah. would be um, one of those teams. Um, yeah, Tornadoes, Wisconsin man. would be one sure. of those teams. Yeah, um, Syracuse Stallion, who's no longer the lead, they would be one of those teams. Like, you know, it's some good good teams yeah. in the ABA. It's just there have so many good teams in there. Bemison mm-hmm. um, would be one of those teams. They have yeah. so many other good teams in their division. They We never get to meet in the finals because they knock each other out. We all knocking each other out to get to that final eight. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, Steel so, City, Ace, Ace Pippins, got to gotta mention him. Sorry, I got to mention Ace Pippins. Steel, Steel City, like it's a bunch yeah. of teams I'm, I'm not mentioning right now. I'm sorry, but, you know. Yeah, I yeah, no, yeah, Steel trust Steel me. City. I know, there's so many. There's so many, right? South Florida, yeah, we haven't even talked about lot. the gold, right? So um, I totally understand. It's a lot. But is like the style of play um, or, or, you know, anything that really stood out uh, with these teams that you saw on the West Coast? It's more the West Coast game to us is more slow-paced at certain parts, parts of the game than it is down here for, for me. Um, they they bang heavy on the West Coast. Like, you're going to earn every point that you get. It's not just a quick up and down. Like, yes, they run. Don't get me wrong. They do run and gun a lot, but it's not mm-hmm. like it is here. Like, you saw the Orlando uh, Wave game against us. You saw how that was an up and down game, up and down, up and down, up and down. 3D here, 3D there, turnover here, three-point here. With the teams, especially when we play the Guardians, they're going to walk you down. They're going to run a play. They're going to get the ball inside if that's what they want to do. And then they're going to make you either defend them or you're going to get scored on. On the other end, they're going to make you earn your bucket every single time. There's no easy layups on the West Coast. Like, you really have to fight to earn every point that you get. And that's what I like about playing those guys so much. Because um, even though we won those games, we learned so much from that trip. Like, I felt like that was a championship-style trip just from those six games. Well, that's like, what you want. I felt like it, yeah, I felt like it was the finals. Like we had to get through those games, and we approached every game out there like it was the finals because those teams was tough, man. Like mm-hmm. I, I give all due respect to those teams. They they are very tough. That division is tough. They got something good going on out there, and I just wish them nothing but the best, man. It's just you know the league has so many teams in it that they end up knocking each other off before they can see who really is you know good enough to play for the championship. Yeah, but that happens on the East Coast, too, to be fair. Yeah, it does. It happens all over because there's just so many teams. Um, mm-hmm. And this year they was going, before the COVID thing happened, they were going to split the leagues to where you had one, you know, kind of like the NBA, the East Coast and the West Coast. You know, you're going to have a West Coast champ, East Coast champ, and then they go meet each other in the finals. So kind of almost like the NBA is doing it. You see what I'm saying? That'll split it up a little mm-hmm. bit more instead of having, you know, everybody trying to make that final eight. You know, because that, that knocks a lot of teams out. So um, I just can't wait for everything to get back to normal, man, and everything start back flying right. And um, I'm a little upset that I didn't get a chance, well, the Giants didn't get a chance, you know, compete for that fifth championship because I'm telling you, man, we was rolling at the end. Like, we, we hit a stretch at the end. We was on fire, and then everything just stopped. <laughs> and the blink yeah. of eyes, like, it was just done. And I was like, wow. Uh, Coach, I didn't mean to take too much of your time tonight. Is there anything that else you wanted to add that I might not have touched on before I let you go? No, man, I'm good, man. You know, just uh, tell Al, you know, 
if he's ready to play me, I want to see the live stream with him against the City Cats, and then you know, he got to All beat right. them. If he beats if he beats them, then we'll make something happen. Because uh, the City Cats is the real deal. The Kings are the real deal. So I just want to see them play them guys. You know, and I don't want to hear no excuses. Oh, I had one of my players' finger hurt. No, I want you to show up and play. Hey, that's uh, Coach Jerry Williams of the Jacksonville Giants. Hey, thank you again so much for coming on the show and talking shop with us. All right, no problem, man. Thanks for having me. Yo, this is Braxton Smith with the San Diego Kings, and you're listening to ABA Weekly with Brandon Ryan. All right, guys, I am joined now by the owner of the California Golden Tigers, Mr. Ivan Davis. And alongside Mr. Ivan Davis, we're actually joined by, I don't know, his new star, his, his new toy, his new weapon. I don't know what you want to call it, but I've seen the video, and this kid is unbelievable. Please welcome also Mr. Duquelin Dagsby. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you Thanks for having, having us. I wasn't around, actually, last year. I don't know if you know that or not, but I was not around last year. So right. I'm still kind of... Yeah, so I'm still kind of like, you know, trying to catch up to where everybody was, and I'm kind of doing it on an individual basis. I'm drinking everybody's Kool-Aid. Apparently, everybody was the best team last year. Well, I'd be lying uh, if I said I, I that. Ivan, talk to me. <laughs> uh, well, we started off uh, with a bang. We lost our first game. I believe it was Contra Costa on a last-second shot on a tip-in. We had that. That was unbelievable. Uh that we lost that game. Uh, but when we got uh, DQ, okay, DQ came the season before for one or two games. And I'm not going to get into his story because I'm going to let him uh, tell it. But bottom line, he went back to Texas. Uh, he liked what he saw out here. He went back to Texas. But nobody gave him a shot because of his height. I didn't care. I saw that he, I saw his credentials, college All-American. I said, they don't make those by accident. You don't get to, I don't care what level of basketball, they don't hand them titles out by accident, you know, by lottery or whatever. You know, that's something that was earned. And you, and you saw his stats. He's like top five in just about everything. In a lot of cases, two or one or two. Okay, and so I threw him to the Lions' den right off the bat. I said, college All-American, he's starting that guard. Point guard. I said, might as well see what he got since he's here. Because right. we only had him for a day or two. Like I said, I'm not going to get into his story. You know, it's, it's a pretty good one, so I'm going to let him tell that little teaser for everybody. Okay, uh, and so then the next season, he took flight. I mean, he wasn't, he wasn't a surprise to anybody in the league. Anybody that played him, you know, they saw his skill set. His skill set is just above most guards in the league other than maybe the guard out of San Francisco. Okay, uh, the little guard out of San Francisco, uh, maybe his equal. Okay, as far as speed and accuracy and shooting, and so um, we lost the first game of the season. Then we beat the number one team in the country, San Francisco. Up to that point, San Francisco had not lost, and we uh, went to overtime and beat them. We would have never never done that because of uh, DQ, which is his nickname, by the way. Uh, DQ. Yeah. Uh, a good one. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't get his first. I still can't get his first, so I'll just stick with DQ. Yeah. <laughs> DeQuayland. DeQuayland. Uh, yeah, DeQuayland. See, I, I get it now. But you're the first one to get it right, <laughs> like, right off the bat. Okay. I just, uh, it just kind of so. comes off the tongue, you know. It's just like it's like fun to say, DeQuayland. I, like, I don't know. <laughs> so. uh, thank you, he has to be double guarded and sometimes triple guarded. 
And so what that did, it opened up the offense. I talked to the team and said, you guys are used to them playing defense on your shots. Every time you – some of them was a little selfish. And one, you know, we had a selfish team for the most part my first two or three years. I said, if you guys don't give up the ball, you'll never – You'll never get your shots. I said, you want an example? Use the Golden State Warriors. I said, Clay Thompson probably is the best shooter on that team. As good as Curry is, Clay is probably better. But Clay sacrifices his shots for the team. And because of that, because he gives the ball to Curry, Thompson's always open. That's so I said, you guys can have the same thing. If you give it to, to DQ, you guys will always be open. And that's how we beat San Francisco. San Francisco doubled and triple teamed him. And he was—he must have had 20 assists that game, okay? Because they were sitting wide open and they kept hitting their threes. And then we had a—we had our—we had—we had a seven-footer who was going to the hole dunking. Who now he played overseas, so he understood that wholeheartedly, okay? And mm-hmm. so we were killing them. So what that did—that forced San Francisco to single coverage him, and nobody—they had nobody on that team that could do that. So then he was killing them. And then they tried to double-team him again. Then we started hitting threes. That game went back and forth. So the fans were sitting there wondering, you know, they were sitting there wondering, what's going on? Why you guys are not blowing them out? And I told the fans, because you're not going to blow us out. <laughs> I said, That's it sounds why. like you got a – it sounds like you've got like a, like, a, like a John Stockton, Carl Malone type duo there where you really can't commit to either one because either one will kill you either way. But the problem is we didn't seize on that. We were, we were competitive – all year last year, well, I think we got blew out once or twice. Even Al came down, and we lost to Al's team in the last seconds. To be fair, when he travels on the road, okay, uh, for whatever reason, he doesn't travel well, okay. But what he does bring is good. I mean, that, that is, that's not, I mean, that's not saying that he's bringing a scrub team. Not right. that, I mean, quality over quantity, is, then. They're, they're every bit as talented, okay. Right. And so uh, – he, they they uh, lost to San Francisco by three or four points. I was at that game, but they were down twenty with like three minutes left, and almost came back and won that game. Yeah, and so I put the I put the film up to my team and said, "Hey, if we get a lead on these guys, don't get satisfied." Al's team is one of the great closers I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Okay, they'll give you a lead, and the next thing you know, it's gone. Only, maybe the Golden State Warriors is the only team I've seen that could do that. And, you know, you look up at the uh, scoreboard, and you went, How we, where's our lead? What happened? That's, that's what happened when you play Al's team. Okay, so I told my team, and they didn't listen. I even yelled it, here he comes. As soon as Al made that run in second, we were up 12 points, I think, in the, in the first half of that game. And they were all celebrating. I, tried, I, I, I told them. I said, these guys are finishers. They're going to make one big push, and you got to be ready for it. They, they ended up cutting it down to six or four, and they finally, my team finally understood. But at that point, it was too late. It went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And then DeQuillan got triple teamed, threw up some crazy shots. I think it hit his foot or something. They caught some kind of crazy traveling call on him that didn't make any sense. And that's how the game ended. So he never even got a chance to get the shot off. I forgot. Yeah, it's they some call kind it of a, offensive foul. Yes, you, I think he kicked it because he went up. My yeah, shot. and the lid yeah. came out, and they called offensive foul. We was like, wait, he's they moving. It wasn't like wow. he was standing. I mean, I didn't understand that at all. But three people, I think about that now, and everybody just stood around and watched him. With three people on him, I'm wondering, where's everybody else at? That means one of my shooters should have been trailing him, 
with like everybody sitting by themselves because mm-hmm. they got three on him, and we still. But you know, he, I mean, he's clearly our best shooter. So, uh, and Al knew that too. So Al called timeout and said, "This guy cannot shoot the ball. Put three people on him. Make somebody <laughs> else beat you." That's what Al did because he had a bad game, but he was killing Al that day. Okay, uh, I mean, they couldn't guard him, but he was missing layup after layup, so they went to a zone, and for whatever reason, he was uh, he, he was off a little bit that game, because normally, if you, you, you play zone on DQ, you, he has 50 by the end of the night. I think we're ready to make the next step. We got Corey Douglas. Okay, Corey is a 6'9", 6'10", shot blocker. When he's in shape, he'll have six blocks a game, changes it, and he can hit from three. His value is probably more inside, but if you just leave him alone, he's going to hit the three. Okay, uh, Will played with us last year. He played with the Townhawks before. Will is like the garbage can. He grabs all the rebounds, does all the dirty work, okay, inside, and he can score. And then we got Tuan. Tuan probably has the uh, the best shot on the team, So he's, but he's feast or famine. He'll either make – 11 three-pointers, but won't make any. And there's, there's no middle ground with him. Okay. And so That's unfortunate. That drives, me, that drives me nuts because, I mean, sure it's, it it's pretty clear. If he's hot, I mean, he, he's not – I mean, he'll put – I've seen him put 50 in, in almost a half, okay, because he, he just gets hot. And then we got London. Okay, London was a high school uh, star out in the Bay Area. Okay, big-time high school star. He was rated, you know, one of the top guards in California. Wow. Okay, and then he played junior college, same thing. And so, uh, you know, life happens, and he didn't go further. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's kind of quiet. He's the quiet assassin because it, he's, if you surround him with a lot of talent, he kind of sneaks through and gets it. He'll have 10 to 12 points before you look up. You'll wonder, hey, why, how does this guy keep scoring? And next thing you know, he got 12, 14 points. He gets real quiet. So uh, he's kind of sneaky with what he do, but he's, but he's solid defensively. Then we have a guy who I call Beast. His name is Bobby. Okay, and, I mean, when you see him, he's, I mean, he's just strong underneath. You, when he goes for rebounds, you, you see folks get moved out the way. You know, next thing there's two or three people under there, and they actually know it's just him and the ball. And you're like, damn. Then we got Chris. Chris should be. Uh, Chris is uh, another one of the uh, guys. He does all the dirty work. I mean, he's an average shooter. I mean, he, he can shoot a little bit and he can even dribble. But he. Uh, but Chris is another one of our uh, players that do uh, all the dirty work. Mm-hmm. Now, the biggest change this season is we hired a. We finally hired a coach. You know, I fired myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and so I mean, this is, I mean, the truth is truth. I mean, you got, when you had what four wins in three years, you know, there's not a whole lot you can I can convince my couldn't even convince myself to keep a job. But uh, Jim coached the uh, Matrix when that was the first restart uh, out here on the West Coast. Okay, and he went to the Virginia Final Four, so the standard of excellence is going to go up. I mean, he knows just about every overseas player in the Bay Area, but uh, he's going to give the players on this team their fair shot to make the team. And so a lot of guys have been working before the pandemic, was working out in gyms, you know, on their own, getting shots up, 
okay, because this camp is going to be competitive. We were one or two players away because we had a seven. We had two seven footers last year, and then when we added Corey, when we had everybody, all the bigs there, we were a completely different team. Nobody wanted to play us. Just think about that for a minute. With with bags, such a quick guard like that that you have to put two people on. Now now I have a big down in the post that commands attention. That's three people. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is left uncovered. Another big that can block shots. And he can shoot threes. So he can be moved inside and out. So if he's smart, you just spread him out. I mean, they're in trouble. You're in trouble defensively. The only choice you have is to to leave my guards single covered. And both my guards, you know, uh, have the ability to put 30 points a game on you. And so that's what I'm trying to create. So that's what we fully expect to have this year. Okay, uh, and uh, we going we plan on being a complete nightmare. I got a lot of revenge to get on a lot of teams. Well, I'm excited. I mean, you got me excited. I can't wait to get a look at you guys. DQ, talk to me. All these new guys you're surrounded with. Are you how optimistic are you that this is going to turn it around next season? I feel like we got a pretty good chance of turning it around, as long as like. I know Ivan was saying that the coach Jim he's going to bring in some players also. So hopefully the players he bring in are good team player type of guys, you know, somewhere that's like, you know, we need positive energy on the team. So I feel like as long as we have that good energy and, like, upper role model that's come to the team, then everything will be fine. Because we had a, a good group of guys last year, but like Coach said, we didn't really have that chemistry of everybody having each other back. We was, like, kind of a selfish team, but at the same time, we had the talent to win games, but we didn't really play together as a team. So I think that was our downfall. But this year, I feel like, it's going to be a totally different because, like I said, we got a head coach, so he obviously mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. He's been there before, so I'm pretty sure that his standards are going to be high. He's not going to take that selfishness, and he's going to try to change things around on his team for this year. Well, that chemistry, it takes time. And I know Ivan was talking about uh, about the Golden State Warriors earlier. Steve Kerr, when he, you know, it, that didn't happen overnight. They had to buy in. Right. Is that what's happening right now with Ivan Davis and the Golden Tigers? Is everybody finally starting to buy in as a team? Yes, I feel like last season was an eye-opener for a lot of people on the team because they see that we obviously we have a chance to be pretty good. So they feel like, guys, if we just buy in and everybody have each other's back and nobody's playing selfish or anything like that, then we can actually be really good. So I think last season was a good eye-opener for a lot of people on our team. And now with the head coach coming in, just a better advantage because he knows what he's doing. He's been there before, so he knows what it takes to win. So mm-hmm. I yeah, it like can only help. A good year this year. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Ivan, I want to talk to you a little bit about what you can do to help prepare for next season during the COVID. Obviously, I've spoken to a lot of owners, and they're all having troubles finding, um, basically just finding gyms to work out in and to practice in. But we'll get to that in a second. Like DQ, can I call you DQ? Because I think that's a pretty cool nickname. Oh, man, yeah, that's that's great. That's all, that's, that, everybody calls me that. So right now, that's just basically my <laughs> my new name right now. Everybody knows me by that. Everybody calls me, so it's all cool. Perfect. All right. So, DQ, you are from Dallas, Texas. How did you end up out there? I had a friend that actually played for Ivan, I want to say, the year before last. He's from Dallas also, but he moved here, and I guess him and Ivan got in contact, and he became part of Ivan's team. He posted a video on social media, and I just happened to so-called message him and be like, hey, who are you playing for? And he told me that he was playing for for a coach named Ivan. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You think he'll let me come out and, like, try out or just, like, 
play a game with y'all just to see how it feels. And he was like, yeah, sure, I'll ask him. And then he gave me Ivan's number, and that's when I contacted Ivan. And I was like, hey, I'm, my name is DQ. This, I, I play this and that. And I was wondering maybe if I can come out and, like, try out or play in a game with y'all, and then you can tell me what you think. And then he was like, all right, cool. And then so we came. I came out. I flew out from Texas here. And I, when I got here, we asked, they actually had a game that night. Right when I got off the plane, I had to play in a game that, like, later that day. So I don't know if you remember what Ivan said that he wanted me to tell the story, but this is the story he wanted me to tell. So Let's hear it. Um, I got off the plane. He was like, yeah, you know, we got a game tonight. Coach said you can play. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I'm tired, jet lag. And I was like, okay, let's right. go. I'm ready. So um, we get to the game, and then I guess the the players on the other team is like, who is that little dude? Is he playing with y'all? Like, he can't play. Like, you know, he's, he's little. So they was just over there talking trash. It's not, and I think I'm not really sure what the score was when they played each other before I came out. But long story short is we playing the game. I'm I'm doing my thing. I'm killing. And then I get I'm, after the game, I'm getting my respect from all the other players. Like, oh man, you good, man. Dang, I underestimated you. Right. My bad. Like, God, I, I didn't know you was that good. Like, they was basically saying like they only beat us by maybe two points, I believe. And, and they was a pretty yeah, good like team. four points. Yeah, Spencer's yeah, team. Yeah, uh, yes, it was Spencer's team. team. Spencer team. And they, and that, Spencer Norman? was a pretty good team. Yep. Yeah, that was a pretty wow. good team. So. That's pretty great. You know, you, you uh, it took the course of a game for you to completely change their opinion about you, and it didn't take words or, or anything other than just playing your game. Right. That's very rewarding, right. man. That's <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Tell me more. I feel like I get – well, that's what that with any game I feel like – well, especially in this, this league here, I think I got underestimated a lot because – of my size, so they thought like, "Oh man, he's little. We finna just like just destroy him." Basically, what basically what other people thought, and I get it. I would think the same thing if I seen somebody my size step on the court. Like, "Oh man, I'm finna just destroy him." But and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is probably not the first time that's happened in your basketball career. No, you're absolutely right. Even high school, college, it was the same thing. So like, I'm used to it, but. I'm I'm when I got here I'm a new face to them so they never seen me before but I don't played against guys that's like them or better than them but or the same level as them so I'm used to playing against bigger guys because I've been doing that my whole life so me playing against bigger guys that's nothing new to me but from mm-hmm. for them it's like oh I never seen him before he's new are we gonna just you know destroy him but I feel like when I'm on the court I make my presence known. Yeah, I've seen your highlight reel, man. That's pretty impressive stuff. Thank you. You're listed what five six? Five 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 six. Yes, sir. I would imagine that this is it's been this way your your whole life, and it might have even discouraged a lot of other people to stop pursuing it, but not you. So DQ, tell me what drove you to just ignore all the doubters and everybody that said you're just too short for basketball? Because there's a lot of people that are like you that love to hear stories like this because it gives them hope. What drives me is I like when people throw shade and hate and doubt towards me because that just put more fear to the fire and just going to make me want to go harder and harder because if I don't have, like, people being doubtful towards me, then that means I'm not doing something right. I feel like you can never let somebody tell you what you can be. The only person that can tell you what you can't be is yourself. If you have that drive and that 
and you believe that you can do it, then I mean the sky's the limit. Because, I mean, like I said, I use myself as an example. You don't really find many guys my height that's still playing at a, at a high competition level. No, you really don't. Good. It's pretty rare. Right. So, and especially, like, with my skill set, so that people get – some people just don't have – I have tough skin. Some people don't have tough skin. They just get beat down. People keep saying, oh, you're too short to play. Oh, you too this and that. I mean, my statue is five five, but when I'm on the court, I feel like I'm six nine. So I, I don't I don't look at the height difference when I'm out there playing. I feel like we all the same height. So I don't I don't let that scare me or I feel offended by other guys because at the end of the day, you put your shoes on just like I put my shoes on. Well said, well said, DQ. So is he just like lighting up the 3D light? Because that's that's what I see when I'm watching him play. I'm just like, man, he's got to be like a godsend as far as setting that 3D light off because not only is this young man fast and smart, but, you know, he hustles and he goes for those loose balls. What do you say about a guy like DQ? I mean, he, he, he's, he's impossible to guard. You would think he would, he would get a lot of 3Ds, but uh, yeah, the guards in the ABA are really, really good. So they don't turn the ball over much. You better have good guards in the ABA, or you're gonna like you're gonna set that 3D light off. Yeah, <laughs> a big time. as, off, as so often guards as possible. In the ABA sure. are really good. He gets a lot of three point plays just because he gets fouled. Actually, he doesn't get enough calls because the referees. He's so fast. I try. I, I explain to all the referees. Make sure you stand close to the sideline. They foul this guy every single time. They look at him. Yeah, I said, man. I said, I know it sounds like just hyperbole or something like that, but, I mean, you're going to see for yourself, okay, they have nobody that can guard this guy, I promise you. So, he's going to get fouled almost every time. At the end of the game, am I right, DQ, they, they apologize. The refs. Yeah, they like, do. Wow, they apologize. Really didn't know. Yeah, the refs apologize because they, 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 they know they missed a bunch of calls. Yeah, well, at least they realize that. Okay, I, I, they can just make the calls. <laughs> it's well, yeah. It, but. Well, now after they see him, after they see him, they'll know. You know, like they caught him off guard a little bit. Is all it sounds like. And you said no. There's no of the new guards, but uh, on the new refs, the veteran refs, he gets his calls. But he changed our whole team just because he commands so much attention. Okay, after the Spencer game, Spencer went and tooted his horn and said, "Hey, man, I haven't got a little guard." that none of y'all is going to be able to stop. And they, and they all start laughing at Spencer. He said, man, don't laugh. I'm telling you now, none of you guys have anybody that fast. Okay? He's going to whoop all of you. And then yeah, the next tough. game, next game, he took flight. We had another game, I think, before he left back to Texas. He took flight that next game. Okay? And validated, you know, what Spencer said. after. And when he, by the time he came back, because he didn't come back to the next season, when he came back, Next season, he had went and worked on a game. He was twice as dangerous as he was the first time. And he was dangerous the first time he came out here. But the next time he came out here, he was, he was complete. Because he had seen the talent. He was complete the next time he came out. He was in top shape. He was, he was even faster and more accurate. A 90% free throw shooter when he got fouled. So uh, he was twice as dangerous this time. Even though the league was ready, then again, they still wasn't. DQ, growing up, how old were you when you started playing basketball? Who influenced you to take it to the next level? To be honest, I was actually a football player. I didn't even think about basketball hmm. until I, I, I never played organized basketball until middle school. And I only played basketball because my middle school coach, he made us play every sport. 
Really? So I didn't I didn't play, I didn't start playing basketball until seventh grade, seventh or eighth grade because he made us play every sport. And, and so then, was, how did how did how did football become less of a focus than basketball? When did basketball kind of start to take over? Because I was I thought I was like oh this basketball is actually pretty fun I like this you know I get to cross people over dribble ball I can shoot uh, and I was like oh it's not it's not I ain't I ain't gotta take too much contact and keep getting hit right you know, football is a lot of contact solid like basketball yes, I don't gotta take is. too much contact to get hit I'm yeah. free I'm not in no I don't have everything like no big heavy pads weighing me down so I was like it's not it's not too bad let me I'll give it a shot and then. I found out I can shoot and I can dribble, and I was like, oh, man, I'm not too bad at this. Just kind of naturally uh, more gifted at that than anything else. It just kind of fell into place there. Exactly, yeah. That's pretty cool. Well, in the ABA, I don't know, you might take some hits in the ABA. What do you, what do you think, Ivan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's kind of – a lot of guys try to beat him up, and then when they see he can take the hits, I'm not going to tell him that he played football. <laughs> Running back, he was. I mean, he was, my understanding of what he told me, he would have been a star at football. Because I mean, he has electric speed, and, he, and I can see that. I'm curious of what his speed was. I mean, he looks like somebody that can probably get somewhere around four three. Because I coach football, so I can kind of tell somebody with that type of speed. They look like they glide when they run, and he looks like a glider when he runs. And wow. so well, uh, maybe one day he'll tell me. But he looks like a four three guy. And so that that's pretty that's consistent in Texas though. I mean, they grow them cats like that out. They're like trees or something. But uh, I want to know: did any did any of the players that were on the Golden Tigers? I mean, other than your buddy, uh, was was there anybody that kind of like I don't know took you aside and was like, "Hey, man, you know, just kind of showed you the ropes about the ABA." Yeah, they kind of did. Uh, I want to say Darnell. Darnell, he he took me under his wing. London, he took me under his wing. But those two are the main ones that, like, mm-hmm. basically, like, took me kind of under their – and Steve. Steve took me on his wing also. Frank and Will, I grew kind of close with them, and I kind of build relationships with other people outside of the team also. And Tuan kind of build relationships with them. So I kind of That's build, great. But, but take me under their wing-wise, I would say Darnell, London, and Steve. Are you are you having any plans to to move out there? Are, do you currently still live in Dallas, or are you just kind of going back and forth? Are you are you trying to stay out in California? So I'm actually staying in California right now, but I go back to Dallas to visit sometimes. Gotcha. All right, so you're a California guy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How's it feel? It's a it's a different type of vibe. It's more fast paced here. The weather's more nice. It's just a oh, whole yeah. type of scenery. It just it just way. The scenery, different. the weather, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. Yeah, it, it it just see Dallas is hot, the weather is humid. It just it just totally different here. I, I love I like it here a lot. Yeah, I've never been to Dallas. I've never been to Texas actually. What do you miss most about Dallas? The food. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that Texas food. Tell me. Talk to me. We, we have we have we have a lot more southern, so like a lot more soul food and. They don't do soul food in California. I haven't met any place that just has it. We have we have like well, southern barbecue places we go to. We have like soul food places. We have some like uh, restaurants out there that they don't have out here, like Cajun restaurants and. Yeah, not even a Popeyes. We have we we have pop they have Popeyes out here. That, that's the closest thing to the um, as chicken wise that they have out here out here that's close to out there. 
That sounds like a business opportunity for somebody. Ivan, you need to get on that. It could be like uh, California Golden Tigers soul food coming soon. So, hey, Ivan, you got all these great players now. Unfortunately, COVID hit. Now, that ain't your fault, but you definitely have to do something about it. Uh, what are you doing to keep all these guys in shape? What are you doing to, to, to keep DQ uh, as fast and nimble as he possibly can be and ready for the season? Because it can't be easy. Uh, all you can do is run, and you can go outside. But I wouldn't suggest jumping up and down on the uh, on the cement because that, that's what they're letting us do. So you can play outside courts. I'm like, but that's bad on the knees. Okay, so um, you can do some things and exercise, but it, 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 it's real hard right now, okay, especially mm-hmm. in this state because Alameda County, Contra Costa, all, basically Northern California is in lockstep with each other. Everybody is, 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 got a lot, is just super locked down where Al has an advantage. Gyms are opened up down there, okay? And to me, it's 100% political because uh, I believe that's a Republican, uh, you know, mayor and stuff out there, although the governor is, uh, well, uh, out there, it's more Republican territory, so they they tend to be a lot looser mm-hmm. with the restrictions, and it's not a surprise that uh, that COVID is running a little looser out there. And uh, But I hear the numbers are great, but that's because everything is locked down. So I'm so gotcha. my our big thing is college and the pros are letting them play. College has that 50 minute 15 minute test now, and there are testing. The testing is getting not just better but faster because it used to take about five days to get the results. Now you can get them in under 24 hours the results, and so that's going to be big to try to meet, try to convince. To, hey, let us play. We can test because we already have a protocol in place to where the players is going to have to uh, test the day before, get the results, and then kind of bubble in place. If they can't bubble in place, then they're going to have to test game day, especially if they got that 15-minute test, test, you know, that game day test. Okay, just to, I just to make sure. Okay, bubble in place, you won't have to do that because it's less unlikely that they'll have COVID. But uh, on the road, definitely going to be a, shelter, a bubble in place. Okay, mm. and so uh, there's going to be a lot of testing, hand sanitizers. I'm going to order multiple basketballs. The basketball is going to be changed out every quarter. And uh, and there's going to be a towel at the uh, desk where it can be every time it's wet, I'm gonna, the towel has to be wiped down. If the, towel, if the ball can't be dried, a new ball comes in. Okay, that, to try to avoid COVID. Every time there's that timeout, I'm going to have, at least for my team, uh, maybe the other team too, Okay, have hand sanitizer. Okay, and so uh, we can't do what the NBA do because they got millions of dollars and sponsors that's paying for everything. But we they can do. get close. But we can get we yeah. can get close. Everybody just got to be grown men and grow you know grown men. If you test positive, you need to go home and stay there until game day. Okay, and then when you come back, come you know leave the house, come straight to the, come straight to the gym. And if you do that, that 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 that's basically that's basically a bubble. And so Al's got a tournament coming in November. He has a bubble. They found a mansion out there in Los Angeles, somewhere in Southern California, where everybody's going to be sheltered in place and uh, testing protocol where they get the results in under 24 hours. So everybody come in like that Saturday or that Friday. Whenever you get there, you can't leave. And then they got rides wow. going that sounds to like the. Yep, rides going to the DQ. Gym. Is that something fun to use? Staying at a mansion uh, for 
That sounds fun to me. I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm as excited as you. I'm just listening as I'm telling you about it. Yeah, right. Yeah, that sounds like that. a good time, to be honest with you. Yeah, you. Yeah, there's a lot of bonding with your, with, with your teammates. So uh, yeah. right now I'm trying to find sponsors that'll cover that and and pay for that because chances are that bubble requirement is going to be uh, required for the league. So that's what I'm trying to do right now. But some guys have found private gyms to work out in once in a while. If you know somebody, they'll open up the gym. Just in case this is going national, I won't mention those cities. So sorry about that, state and federal. But uh, <laughs> but that that's few and far between, though, because it's locked up pretty tight out here. And so we've talked about, you know, leaving the and going to, like, Nevada or something that's, that's, that's wide open and finding a gym out there. But then you look at the COVID numbers, and everybody like, we're open. And you look at the COVID numbers, and they keep talking about where it's spiking at, and it's the areas that are open. I said, you're making Absolutely. it hard for California because that's, that's what they're going to do. They're going to point to see the people that are open. Look at the numbers. If, the number, if their numbers were low, I think it would be harder for them to, to leave us closed. Um, overall, California is like 5%, 4%. The death rate is 4%. is really, really low among the lowest in the nation. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. So the season's already been moved to, to what, January, February? Yeah, except for Al. Al's going to play in November. His games count. So I'm trying to find out maybe I, we can go down to Southern California, find a gym, get some games. And so uh, but San Diego's one of the hot spots. And so it's a catch-22. I don't get it. People don't want to wear masks, some kind of stupid violation rule. I don't, I don't get it. That virus is a killer. I mean, if you heard the president talk about he, he knew that the virus was out there and he knew it was deadly, he didn't want to cause a panic. Man, are you serious? But anyway, we want, I don't even want to put this man in the same breath as, as, as humanity. I mean, because I think my sister thinks he's the devil. I'm with you. It's frustrating. You know what? It's like it's do or die. You know, it's like we you do it or or we don't play a season. And I feel like everybody's pretty much on the on the same boat. Like we'll do whatever we got to do to play the season, and I'm sure it'll work out. I know it will. I'm very optimistic. I got team masks that I had made. By the way, I got one for you, Brandy. If you want one, I'll ship yeah, one you definitely. Maggie. I'll send one to definitely. you and Maggie J. Perfect. Perfect. Tell her I said, what's up, man. I like Maggie J. She'll she'll definitely oh. appreciate getting the shout out. They forget about the little people because she just kind of sits in the background. So I took television production no, she... in college, so I know all the dirty work that goes on in the background that make a show. Yeah, well, her and I went to broadcasting school together, actually. So we've known each other a long time, and uh, she believes in this as much as I do. You know, ABA Weekly, you know, it needs to be like the sports center, you know, for the ABA. They should, you know, the ABA is such a great league. Someone needs to cover it, and we just feel lucky that we're the ones that get to do it. Y'all do a pretty yeah. good job. Your show's going to be better than you think. Okay. Especially <laughs> since I'm on here. Oh, by the yeah, way, of course. I'm using this as for a raffle prize for uh, $100. Okay. So I want you, Brandon, to come up with a one-word password because they got to say the password in order to get a free raffle ticket. And if they like my page, they get an extra raffle ticket, which is at California Golden Tigers. And if they like the forwards page, they'll get two raffle tickets. So whatever word you come up with right now, it doesn't matter what the word is, they got to send me that in an email in order to be qualified. Okay. Um, hmm. Any well, words? in the spirit of, of, uh, of Northern California, the password is wildfire. There you go. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, that's a good one right there. 
That's a good one right there. <laughs> it's all yours. <laughs> okay, so uh, I've got to write that down because uh, as soon as you finish this, I'm going to post it and uh, run an ad so there will be a bunch of hits. So it's going to be a lot of people listening to ABA Weekly. Perfect. Please do. And also subscribe to our, uh, our YouTube channel, which just came out. We'll hopefully uh, we'll try to put together a little video of this and uh, send it out as a way to uh, highlight the upcoming episode. Guys, I'm really excited about your season, and I'm loving that we got to talk this much tonight. Any final words, though, before I let you go? We'll start with, let me start with DQ. DQ, final words. I just want to say thanks for having me. You know, it's, a, it's a, always a pleasure to try something new. It's my first time doing a podcast. So I was like, it was great. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Megan. I haven't met you yet, but, you know, I heard you do your thing in the back. So thank you <laughs> hey. for having me on here. Ivan, final words. Uh, yeah, I'm with DQ on that. Thank you for having us. You know, it's an absolute, this was an absolute blast. And I'm sure our fans are, will be uh, grateful to uh, follow and listen that. We're going to do everything we can to uh, – to win games, to make sure that not only we win games, but to uh, get back on this show. <laughs> Guys, I cannot wait for the season to start. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the Golden Tigers bring to the table this season. I know it's going to be good. I know you're going to compete. And why not? Everyone else in the Pacific Division seems to be really good. You guys might as well be also. Again, yeah. you're very welcome, uh, guys. It was a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, good luck to you this season. We will keep in touch. Thank you. You have a great day, Brandon. Hey, hey, thanks for the shout-out, guys. I hope you all have a great season out there. Well, I thought that was a pretty good show. What do you think, Mags? I think it was a pretty excellent show, sir. Well, hey, we just wanted everyone to know that we at ABA Weekly find police brutality abhorrent and stand behind the Black Lives Matter movement 100%. And in response to the Breonna Taylor verdict, we're going to let Ice-T take us out with what I think is an incredible song by one of the most influential and controversial rock stars of our time. But before we get to that, I just want to take a second to thank everyone that makes this show possible. Uh, thanks again to Ivan Davis and DQ for letting us get to know you guys a little bit. We can't wait to see what the Golden Tigers do this season. Jaqueline Bagsby, Dark Horse MVP candidate? I don't know. We'll wait and see. Hey, I want to thank head coach Jerry Williams for taking the time to respond. I really enjoyed that. Uh, King Amanpour and Associates, thanks again so much. Al Smith, of course. My awesome producer, Maggie J. Hey, hey. And uh, hey, please, please, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And until next time, be good. It's unfortunate that we even have to say Black Lives Matter. I mean, if you go through history, nobody ever gave a fuck. I mean, you can kill black people in the street. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody goes to prison. But when I say Black Lives Matter and you say all lives matter, that's like if I was to say gay lives matter and you say all lives matter. If I said women's lives matter and you say all lives matter, you're diluting what I'm saying. You're diluting the issue. The issue isn't about everybody. It's about black lives at the moment. But the truth of the matter is, they don't really give a fuck about anybody if you break the shit all the way down to the low fucking dirty ass truth. We say that black lives matter, but truthfully they really never have. No one ever really gave a fuck. Just read your bullshit history books. But honestly, it ain't just black.
cars in the neighborhood because they know they got lawyers. They know they'll sue their ass. They can tell who the fuck was. Unfortunately, black or brown skin has always meant poor. They profiling you, kid. They know you can't fight back, but we about to. Investigators say they are reviewing body camera and dash cam video of Tuesday's shooting. Police say that Keith Lamont Scott did have a gun in his hand when an officer shot him. A new picture of the scene shows something at Scott's feet. A source tells our Charlotte affiliate it may be a gun, but people in the neighborhood say that the father of four was holding the book instead. Officer Vincent was in plain clothes when the shooting happened. He was not wearing a body-worn camera, but we were told that three other officers wore theirs. The department is under increasing pressure to release police videos from the shooting, but the police chief says he will not do that because of the investigation. Don't fall for the bait and switch! Racism is real, but not in! They fuck whoever can't fight back! But now we gotta change all that! The people have had enough! Right now it's them against us! This shit is ugly to the core! When it comes to the poor, no lives matter! This shit is ugly to the core! When it comes to the poor, no lives ABA Weekly is a mostly justified production.